If I have to tell you, hey, a child was murdered in the conflict and they ask you from which group, I, we've lost it all. We, we've lost it all. We have no human connection anymore. And that's the saddest part to me, the world that I realize that we are living in, the world that I have chosen to have children to live in. That is so brutal to me, painful. Welcome to the Kindness Is podcast, where we take a deep dive into the true meaning of kindness. I'm your host, Caitlin Johnstone, the co-founder of Kind Cotton. Let's dive in. Wake up. I have been thinking for months now about how we continue to show up for people. How do we let people know that we love and support them while they are grieving? How do we also use our privilege? A thought I have contemplated for years. Our guest this week is a beautiful example of doing just that. After listening to this podcast, I want to urge you all to listen and follow Palestinian Voices because Western media hasn't made it that easy for us to do so. Actively seek out Palestinian creators and learn from their content. Use your power here in America to demand a ceasefire for all of this unnecessary killing of innocent civilians to stop. This will also allow for a continued return of hostages. You know, this episode is coming out on Christmas and Bethlehem canceled Christmas this year. Let that sink in to your heart. Don't allow for any life to be seen as collateral damage. Listen, learn, and lead with empathy and openness. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Kindness Is podcast. Today, I am so honored to be in conversation with Lynn. She is a first-generation Palestinian-American who was raised by two Catholic Palestinian parents. She is also a clinical licensed associate counselor who believes deeply and passionately about mental health, humanity, and justice issues for all oppressed groups. Her work focuses on amplifying the voices of those being silenced and creating safe spaces during these horrific times to connect with one another. Lynn, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I am too. And so Lynn and I, just brief history, only connected a couple of days ago as we were invited into a mom's group on Instagram. And I started looking at all of your stuff and I was deeply drawn into your passion and your hunger for humanity and your voice. And I think it's really important that as a white woman um, who talks about kindness in a very multi multifaceted way, that I have voices of all humans on our podcast to share your story. So again, I am very, very happy that you were here. Thank you so much. I saw your profile and I knew right away that um, I would definitely be open to doing a podcast with you. I think our, we might have exchanged like two messages before mm -hmm. you want to do a bot podcast. And I'm like, yes, I'm down. Um, because I think that I could really sense when someone authentically cares about a cause. And I felt that from you. So thank you. Thank you for having me and for doing this and for amplifying the voices of so many people who have been silenced for so long. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's something that's really important. And the first video that I really took in and absorbed from you was your personal story post 9-11. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping that you could share that because I think, and don't get me wrong, um, when I say this, as anyone who has ever listened to anything that I've shared or have been interested in any conversation that I have ever had with anyone, I think that more often than not, we discuss racism in America and we don't often discuss Islamophobia in America or any sort of anti-Arab hate. And well, I think that racism in America is just as important and we need to continue talking about it. And there have been so many performative actions that have been taken, particularly in the past three years. Your story is one that doesn't often get told. Mm. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't. Um, that that video was really personal to me too because as soon as I shared it, I had probably twenty comments in like twenty seconds um, of other people sharing their exact story, and these people were Pakistani, Muslim, um, I, Iranian. I mean, just anyone who I think. America and Western media has done such a good job of lumping all all together under one very ugly word. Um, and so any of us who look like we may fit this profile that Western media has created for us has really felt the impacts of the post 9-11 world um, and are feeling it even more so right now. Yeah, I think so too. And being someone who was in New York at the time, I can remember, I mean, I was I was only 16, but I, similarly to you, found out when I was in school, and I can remember this intense fear, obviously, but then unpacking this as an adult and going back to the way in which Western media villainized people, I can also remember irrational fear mm-hmm. in the months going forward. Yeah. Something in which I didn't, I had no right to fear people who, as you mentioned, fit a very bold, blanketed description of what we were supposed to fear at that time. And now sitting with that and thinking, how? Propaganda, propaganda worked on me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now recognizing that that wheel is turning again. Yeah. And many, many, many people who look like me, particularly white women, I always think it's important to name that, are being silent. Mm-hmm. Must be incredibly difficult for you. Oh, it's so incredible. Well, I, there are so many layers to it. I think, you know, post 9-11, I internalized a lot of shame um, and a lot of fear for who I was. I think, I think the propaganda worked on me too, (laughs) despite the fact that I had 
you know, um, many Palestinian family members who were educating me, um, I think I just felt really ashamed, not of who I was, but how I was identified by the world. Um, and from that moment forward, I never spoke about being Palestinian again um, until I was much, much older. Um, I really tried to blend in. Um, people would say, where are you from? And I would say that I'm from Israel um, because that was more digestible. And I am an Israeli citizen and I have over a hundred, you know, Palestinian relatives who live in Israel. Um, it's occupied Palestine. So it's, it's, it's very hard for us Palestinians to say that we are from Israel, um, but we are. And, and that, that is more digestible in the West. And so that's the narrative that I went with. On 9-11, I too, like you, was young and I was 14 years old and I was in a photography class. And I remember my teacher running to the television and she broke down crying and we were all crying. We were all so scared. Um, nobody wants anybody to die. And, and it was just a, a, a horrific moment and a scary moment. Um, and I felt a part of everyone else. I felt like I was a part of the collective pain. Um, but then we, you know, we went to another class and then we had an earlier lunch at 1045. And I bring up that detail because it's just like so embedded in my memory um, that it was the morning time. And, you know, I was sitting there eating my lunch and my childhood friend who lived probably five houses down the street from me said, your people did this. Your uncle did this. Your, your cousins did this, you know, you are a terrorist. Um, and then he proceeded to physically harm me by throwing a metal chair that we were all sitting on and eating lunch on at my head. Um, and I was just, it all happened so fast. I was brought to the principal's office and sent home from school early. My mom picked me up. I think that was the moment I realized I was being othered. I was never going to belong with the collective. I could never experience what the collective was experiencing or feel the pain of the collective. Um, and that's probably why what is happening right now is so impactful to me and so many Palestinian Americans, because for the first time I can say Palestine without it feeling like a curse word. I can talk about my culture and do it with pride even though i am scared i know that there are so many people all around the world who are supporting me and even at the protests i mean i was i went to dc i went to manhattan and um in one of the protests in the city i've been to the city so many times like i just i remember being like never in my entire lifetime did i think i was going to see so many palestinian flags flooding the streets. Like I just, I never thought I would imagine that happening in my lifetime. I would imagine that that even in the darkest of moments provides you with some hope. Yeah, it does. In waves. Yeah. And I can also imagine that opening your phone on any given day or hearing stories from family members, you're also hit back in the face with reality and that is something that i can't even imagine what you and your family are going through and i'm immensely 
sorry and I, I want to know because I know what I have done or what what I feel as though people can do um, who are looking at this from the safety of their own homes. But what can people do? What, how can, how can people not only use their voice and stand up for humanity, but how can people support other Palestinian Americans right now? Oh my gosh. Um, I think there are so many different ways. Um, first and foremost, I think the most important way is to educate yourself, to learn about the history and to understand that although what happened on October 7th was devastating because lives were lost, it did not begin on October 7th. Um, I think there's been one very strong narrative sold to us um, just like the history of America has been sold to us, right? And we are, we now have more access to information and the truth than ever before. So if you're choosing not to access that education, that's very painful. If you're choosing not to look, that's very painful. On my profile, I have pinned, you know, two posts with about 42 different people that are just tagged, just names and tags, just click them and follow, click them and follow. Mm. Like you have to look, you can't be so committed to not wanting to learn and to staying in, in the lane in which you were brought up that you just don't even want to look because I know if you looked, I know if you read, I know if you searched, I know that your perspective would change because the truth is quite literally concretely right in front of us. And you have to actively look, which is kind of the scary part, right, of social media and algorithms and the stuff that is being fed to us. Because as you mentioned, if you don't, you don't see it. So early on, I my mom lives in a mother-in-law suite, like right in our home pretty much, but kind of separated. And I went over to her immediately and I said, please, mom, you watch the news every night and you follow western media and regardless of if you recognize us lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're not. I'm taking your phone right now, and I'm following these Palestinian voices because it's important for you to know that there is information from everywhere. And as you mentioned, horrific, right? Horrific what happened on October 7th, just like you said with 9-11, no one, no one is saying that lives lost is something that should not be mourned, is something that should not make us all incredibly sad. But what we are saying is that there is a lot of information that you need to know on top of that. And then on top of that, even if you don't know all of that information, all of the horror and destruction that is taking place now, 
right? Is not okay just because it's a retaliation, right? Right. And that's what you know we we're hearing war is war. I mean, there there are there are so many things that shows us that this is not that and that is not okay by any means. So I kind of want to hear your thoughts on that too. I mean, uh, that that's the part that blows my mind. I mean, we are seeing the propaganda, like it just at levels of terrifying I've never seen before, but it's so poorly done and glaringly obvious. And if that does not invite you or motivate you to look, I don't know what will. You know, my perspective and what bothers me so much is that if this were happening to any other group of people, including Jewish people, I would be screaming from the rooftops because I am, I stand for humanity, mm -hmm. ethical oath to stand for humanity. I've checked all my isms and my microaggressions and I've reflected and my program has forced me to do that. I am someone who really values the sanctity of life. And what saddens me about October 7th and the days before that and the days after that and 9-11 and about every single group who has suffered is that we are all a product of corrupt government. We are no no government cares about us. No government mm -hmm. is putting our well-being at the forefront of anything. We're all pawns, Jewish, Palestinian, Muslim, any single group of people who are suffering in any way, who have, who have had to experience the tragedy of lives lost, need to recognize that we are pawns in a much larger larger game if that's what you want to call it it doesn't mm -hmm. mean our real life but we're, we're all pawns and so this is a moment where we need to just like take a second and recognize like this is not the fault of jewish people this is not mm -hmm. the Indian people this is not the fault of any group of people this is the fault of irresponsible corrupt money hungry greedy power hungry governments and we're doing exactly what they want us to do we're turning against each other mm -hmm. we're turning our backs against each other and we're not valuing the sanctity of life equally if i have to tell you hey a child was murdered in the conflict and they ask you from which group i we've lost it all we, we've lost it all we have no human connection anymore and that's the saddest part to me, the world that I realize that we are living in, the world that I have chosen to have children to live in. That is so brutal to me, painful, truly. Yeah. No, it, it, it is to see comments and to have actually heard comments that this is quote unquote sad, but it is, what is the word I'm looking for? Almost collateral damage when talking about a human life yeah. is something that no one should be able to get past. And you and you brought up something that's very, very important. And I've heard it said so many times, but yet it's still a point of contention for so many people is that I love my Jewish friends 
with every ounce of my being. Mm. And I will stand against anti-Semitism and the people in Florida, when I was still living in Florida, who were actual Mm neo-Nazis standing with signs about wanting to get rid of Jewish people. And our governor at the time said that it was freedom of speech, right? I will stand against that with every ounce of my being, being. I will read books to my child so that she learns about other cultures and embraces people for their uniqueness and loves them for their differences and doesn't other them the way in which you have said that you have experienced. I will do that to every ounce of my being. However, we have to understand that people are not their governments. And that was the part that you were talking about, right? We can we can love people and want to support people and stop the hate that is happening to people and also stop the anti-Arab hate and Islamophobia and, you know, be inclusive and stand up against that too. I, I use Jewish in that narrative because I feel like oftentimes when I say anything about Palestine, I am met with well, why aren't you saying X, Y, Z? Which I have many of times. <laughs> but yeah, or or that there's some sort of anti-Semitism behind that. And I'm like, my mind is blown because all I want for Jewish people as well is to live safely in harmony and know that they are loved and protected too. I mean, humanity at the forefront. Mm-hmm. You, know, you bring up something really interesting. The idea of anti-semitism i mean first of all it's real it's it's a real concept and nobody wants to see it Mm -mm. um but when we talk about the hate that is happening for people who support palestine i just challenge everyone to understand that we don't have a word (laughs) you know we don't have a word islamophobia does not first of all it stems in the word phobia, which means fear of, not hate. Mm. Mm. And secondly, I'm not Muslim. And Mm -hmm. so many Palestinian people, there are Christian Palestinians, there are Jewish Palestinians. Um, And so it's not fully encompassing, Mm -hmm. representing the experience that we're enduring here. Um, I think anti-Arab comes close. um, But at the end of the day, it's just, it doesn't feel like the empathy is equal. The representation of our pain is equal. No one is asking to say, hey, value me more than your own life, but let's represent us with language, with with love, with compassion, with humanity, all equally. That part, I mean, it goes back to simply explaining to many Americans for so long why we say Black Lives Matter, right? No one is saying that my life does not matter. We're just saying that there is a group of people who have historically been oppressed in our country, and we need to put at the forefront of everyone's brain that their life should be valued as much as my life. Absolutely. Absolutely. If we're not talking about what is happening to oppress Black people in America and the systems that need to change, then we are not addressing all lives equally. 
So, Lynn, we talked about briefly how people can support Palestinian Americans, how we can show up for one another during these times. But I would really love to hear your thoughts on how the average American or the average person living anywhere aside from Gaza at the moment can support the civilians in Gaza. Absolutely. There are so many organizations. Um, I personally like to donate to and raise money for um, the Palestinian Children's Relief Fund. Um, there are so many others out there. I think if you are following these credible journalists that we've talked about that are on the ground and these Palestinian-focused voices, they all have different organizations that they support. Um, the one I support is PCRF. So um, that's, that's one way. Uh, the second way, which I think is actually the most important way, is to follow every single Palestinian-focused voice. We are not getting our news from television. Um, even when a story is covered in Western media, it takes weeks before it to come out. We are getting information on the spot immediately through following so many of these accounts that I have pinned to um, the top of my profile um, that I'm really hoping people can can follow. Um, and I think the last way really is to amplify the voices of Palestinian people, whether they are in America or they are in Gaza or the West Bank or anywhere in the world, amplifying Palestinian voices right now is the most important thing. We know we're all accessing information. We know we're all getting information, but 95%, and that's a, a number that I'm obviously estimating, but a large amount of that information is coming from the mouths of Palestinian people. And so rather than, you know, recaption or add our own take, just continue to drive people to their pages, continue to talk about Palestine, continue to talk about Gaza. The only reason we are seeing any change right now is because so many people in the world are doing that. We need, we need more. We need more. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It's so important. What would true kindness look like to you? I think to me, kindness people often equate with politeness or manners, right? So like, I feel compelled to have to say this thing to you because it's polite, because it's the right thing to do, but there's no authenticity behind it. Um, and, and what I look for in kindness is action, action to the words that you're saying. Otherwise, I prefer you just don't say them at all, but I can't go on pretending you're a kind person when there's no meaning behind your words. The people I genuinely connect with they're kind because they're not just saying the thing that they feel is socially necessary, right? Or societally necessary to say. They're saying the thing that they want to say because they genuinely feel it. It's, it's kindness is empathy. It's saying, you know, I, I believe your experience. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, I might not understand it, right? And that's, that's kindness too, that honesty. I may not understand what you're going through. Actually, I know I don't understand what you're going through, but I feel really horrible watching you go through what you're going through. And I want to help you. How can I help you? What's the best way that within my capabilities, I can help you? And I think that 
I often go above and beyond. I try so hard to respond to every person who is taking a moment to respond to me. I don't value myself as any more important. First of all, I I have like 1200 followers. So like I am quite literally not anybody important. I'm just a person with real life experiences um, that see, that are relevant right now um, and important right now. Um, so, so I try really, really hard to just make sure that everyone who is being kind, everyone who I feel this genuine connection with that is genuinely in pain and suffering, watching my pain and suffering, I want to extend that kindness back. I want to respond, I want to acknowledge them, I want them to know that I heard them and I, it's received and I appreciate it and I'm here to support them too. And that none of us are more important than the other. We are all equal. It's beautiful and so important. And that empathy piece of I may not understand and I may not have had to go through your experience to do what's right is so I mean I mean we could talk about that for everything, right? Mm -hmm. For for everything. I used to say early on in the beginning of the pandemic, I may not have had to have had a family member die of COVID for me to wear a mask. Right. I may not have had to have a family member, which I find it very hard to believe if this would even be true, or someone I love who is in the LGBTQ plus community for me to speak out for their rights. I may not have to have my children be followed by the police for no reason due to the color of their skin for me to talk about police brutality like and and this goes with with the times right now too right like i may not have to have palestinian family members facing the absolute destruction that is happening for me to call my representatives and ask for them to stop yeah yeah, it's saying I believe your experience. Mm -hmm. I have experienced your experience, but I believe your experience. And it's interesting because when we look at trauma in children, we see that those who have better mental health outcomes are those who have had a compassionate witness. Mm. Someone who has said, I believe you, I care about you, and I'm here with you. And that does not need to mean I experienced the same trauma you've experienced, but I am here as your compassionate witness. Mm. And I think that is very, very suited um, as a description for kindness, being someone's compassionate witness. Yeah, for sure. Lynn, before we wrap this up, where can people follow you and support you if you would like to share where can people be in community with you i think now more than ever and we've touched upon this a little bit throughout this episode but it's important to to be in that community to heal together to talk with one another with kindness and empathy and where can people do that so my um, Instagram account is where I'm most active right now. And it's uh, the gentle counselor. Um, 
and and that's where I, I'm most responsive. I also have a TikTok account where I'm just I've been censored so much, but I'm trying really hard to continue to post on Instagram and reshare to TikTok. So I'm reaching uh, my audiences around across both platforms. Um, but yeah, so so that that's it for right now. We'll see. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you so much too. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Kindness Is Podcast. If you love it and it's adding even a little bit of value to your life, we would love, love, love if you could subscribe, rate, and review so we can reach even more people and make this world a little bit more kind. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.